Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hi guys, I am Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me as we kick off a brand new week. Happy Monday. This is your go-to for hot liberty, your safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to follow me on social media, on Instagram, for news about this show and everything that's coming up, clips and so on, at Monica Crowley underscore. And of course, my Twitter account, at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email to the show at Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. That's Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Keep them coming. I'm getting a flood of your emails and they mean so much to me. So thank you. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Well, today I want to get to uh, Elon Musk, Twitter and free speech. We're going to deal with that in a little bit here. Also, I want to talk about what's really going on in Shanghai with the CCP's terror lockdowns and what they mean for us I've got a very big point I want to make about this. You're not going to want to miss it because uh, this is something that directly relates to this country and our so-called leadership. Plus your emails, going to read some of those toward the end of the show. First up, the Monica Memo. As all of you know, uh, I spent four years working with former President Richard Nixon during the last years of his life. This was the mid-1990s. And over the course of those four years, I learned so much from him because he shared, he shared so much with me directly. And of course, I watched him 
write his books, work on his speeches, deliver speeches, meet with heads of state all around the world, meet with uh, sitting American presidents, uh, past American presidents, governors, you name it. And so he, because he said so many important things to me and I learned so much, I often draw upon what I learned from him for applicable lessons for today and what we're going through today. I miss President Nixon every day. I think the country misses President Nixon every day because we could certainly use his wisdom and his vision as we go through the, these insane periods of time. So I was thinking the other day, about one of the things that he had said to me, and it's just, it's been rattling around in my mind, and I want to share it with you. He said, I have more respect for a true believing communist than I do for an American Democrat. Because at least with the communist, they're honest about what they believe and what they intend to do. Now, that was extremely true back then in the mid-90s when he said this to me, but it remains true. But now there's a little bit of a twist on it, right? Because the Democrats in America are actually being communists. I would argue that they've been communists all along. They just dressed it up really well and had some more moderate instincts because they didn't want to be run out of office or not elected in the first place. But now you've got the Democratic Party essentially taken over by the communist movement, the global communist movement. So they are essentially a communist party now, not all of them, but the ones driving the bus 100%. So you've got the Democrats actually being communists now, and a lot of it is out there so they don't have to hide it anymore. They don't have to dress it up. And by the way, they're not even trying to hide it. I mean, and it's not just the squad or Bernie Sanders or Bill de Blasio or or AOC, any of these people who say they will tell you straight up, I am a socialist. They're not hiding it, but the bulk of the party really isn't hiding it anymore either, which is why people like Joe Manchin have no real home in the Democratic Party anymore. They should become Republicans, but they won't. Um, But... Whatever moderation existed to sort of dress up the deeper, more profound communist agenda, that's going away every single day. So maybe what Nixon had to say about, I've got more respect for a true believing communist than I do for an American Democrat, doesn't really apply to the Democrats anymore because they're out there. Maybe, though, it's more applicable to the Republicans now. And hear me out on this. Many Republicans dress themselves up as conservatives or populists, America firsters, but they're not, not even close. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. Last week, we talked about the rhinos and how they need to be crushed. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more right now because this is the driving thing. When you're dealing with the Democrats slash communists, you know what you're dealing with. They're out there now. When you're dealing with the wolves in sheep's clothing who are in the pen with you, and they're telling you they believe X, Y, and Z, but they don't, they believe A, B, and C, or they're not willing to fight for X, Y, and Z, that's when your antenna has to go up. So consider this. 
The Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell was on Fox News Sunday with Dana Perino yesterday, and here is part of what he had to say. We will mm-hmm. not have the presidency for two more years. Obviously, we'll have to work with the administration to see what we can agree on. So he is now saying that uh, there are certain areas where they can work with the administration, certain areas that they can agree on. Huh? So obviously, Senator McConnell has no understanding that this president and this White House are at war. The Democrats and communists are at war. We are in a war for the future of the country. The communists brook no negotiation. They brook no compromise. They brook no truce. They are fighting this war for the country 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They've got their shock troops. They've got the media. They've got all levers of power. And McConnell on our side is talking about, well, gee, we're going to have to work with them on the stuff that we can agree on. What are we agreeing on? What exactly are we agreeing on? I would like to know what policies McConnell thinks he and Biden and this communist crew can actually agree on. Well, we got to show the American people we're working for them. What? Oh, by, by, by not just meeting the Biden team halfway, but going 75, 80% of the way. No, no. There is no compromise. There is no negotiation. This is like dealing with terrorists. You, there, there's no meeting of the minds. There's no, there's no halfway point. And if you give the communists an inch, they will take a yard and then a mile. And then the next thing you know, you're screwed out of power and you're screwed out of your country. So McConnell, once again, and we talked about this last week, McConnell and these rhinos who, you know, wander around talking about things like, like they spoke about in the 1990s. They're all partying like it's 1996. Well, I might be able to work with the Clinton White House on issue X. Well, that was, what, 30 years ago? No, we're, we are no longer in that position. There is nothing to agree on unless the Democrats and the communists want to come our way. If they want to see things through our eyes and shut down the border and cut taxes and keep the Trump tax cuts permanent and, and, and have a healthy national defense, hey, we're open for that conversation. But they will not and they will never McConnell and these rhinos and so many in our leadership, they don't understand that the other side is waging a war. And you, McConnell, are in the way, so they will trample you so fast. McConnell's out here, oh, well, I guess, you know, we'll go hat in hand and see what we can uh, agree on. And then the communists are going to roll over him like a Mack truck. He went on to say uh, this, roll it. Biden ran as a moderate. If I'm the majority leader in the Senate and Kevin McCarthy's the Speaker of the House, we'll make sure Joe Biden is a moderate. So there's McConnell talking about how Biden ran as a moderate. No, he ran from his basement saying nothing. People interpreted that as moderation. It wasn't. It was just the invisible man running for president. But then he says, we'll make sure Joe Biden is a moderate. No, Senator McConnell, no. 
Your job is not to make sure Biden is a moderate. Your job is to impeach and remove him. If you can't or won't, then GTFO. And we will find people who will do it. Look at what they did to Trump. Two, not one, but two bogus impeachments. They didn't care what the rule of law was. They didn't care that Trump was innocent. They didn't care about the Constitution. They didn't care about all of the damage being done to the country. They did it because they could, and they're at war. And then our side is just running around like a bunch of sniveling little losers. Well, we're, our job is to make sure that Biden is a moderate. No, your job is to impeach him for a, a whole raft of crimes already, from the border to Hunter Biden and these corrupt business deals with China, Ukraine, and Russia. The list is long to impeach. Donald Trump is the only one walking around. I think there's one other member of Congress uh, talking about potential impeachment of Joe Biden. They should be talking about this every day, all day long. And Trump should not be the only one out there doing it. It's all on him once again. No, we are at war with the other side because they're at war with us. They started it. They want to fundamentally transform the country. They want to roll over the Republicans and have a one-party system. And you got McConnell, the so-called leader of the party, talking about how his job is to make Biden a moderate. No, your job is to destroy this president and his presidency. That's what your job is. And if you can't or won't, then get out of the way. Speaking of leaders that we could really use right now, and thank God we've got him in Florida, but Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, he got a rock star welcome at the UFC event over the weekend. Rock star. The crowd stood up. They were screaming, roaring at him. This is why tough, fearless, principled leadership that understands that we are in a war. DeSantis gets it. Trump gets it. That's why these two have risen to the top, because we, the the deplorables, we normal thought criminals out here, we want people in leadership positions fighting for us. And if you're not going to do it, get out of the way or we will take you out in a primary. We will do that. And we already are. You know, establishment Republicans are counting on um, a midterm election mandate right? Because we're all talking about this red tsunami that's coming. They're counting on it, but they're counting on it to continue the status quo. So they can run around saying, oh, look, it was a red wave and, and uh, the red wave is supportive of me. I'm talking about the rhinos so that they can keep going along to get along. Guys, the real election is in the primaries, Every single status quo Republican, we've got to get them out of the running early while we still can. We've got to defeat them. And not just defeat them, we've got to crush them and send a signal to all of the other rhinos who are in office now or thinking about it that we will take you out. And you know what? Us voters... Our judgment should be based on three things when we're looking at a Republican primary. Number one, are they America first? If not, bounce them. Number two, are they fighters? If not, bounce them. And number three, 
their position on COVID. And I'll tell you why. Any Republican, any Republican who supported these catastrophic COVID policies like vaccine and mask mandates, they should be run out of office. Punish these losers who supported this nightmare with everything you can. Donate to their opponents. Phone bank for the good candidates. Go door to door for them. Do anything you can. A lack of opposition to these crazy mandates that have crushed small businesses, destroyed so many lives and livelihoods, that is just about as much evidence that you need to show you that that person, if they, if they did not push back, if they supported these mandates, that's the evidence that you need, that that person doesn't give a flying wit about the Constitution or your individual, individual rights or freedom. So crush them. Crush them all. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the mandates. And I want to, while we're on the issue of COVID, I want to talk about China and what is going on there and what it means for us. And later in the show, we're going to talk about Elon Musk, Twitter, and free speech. And my friend, Juanita Broderick, who was suspended, plus your emails coming right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right. Well, you know, when we're talking about defeating uh, Republican establishment types who are not at all invested in America first, who don't give a flying wit about you or your freedoms and just want power and control, not unlike the Democrat communists, um, you know that the next thing coming down the pike at us here are mandates once again. Um, and we're, we're talking about the midterm variant of COVID that is likely to come back on the scene. Although uh, the evil little garden gnome, Anthony Fauci, was on television over the weekend talking about, well, you know, I, I think every individual should make their own call and their own risk assessment about COVID. 
Well, duh, that's what it should have been all along, you evil little fool. And now he's saying, oh, now that we're third year into this thing, well, okay, personal responsibility plays a role. Well, duh, this has all been about power and control from the very beginning. And you know that the midterm variant is going to come down the pike so that the Democrats can rig the 22 election the way they rigged the 20 election. Mail-in balloting, no photo, photo ID, ballot harvesting, all of the stuff that we spoke to Dave Bossie about last week and all the stuff that we know the Democrat communists used in order to... Uh, quote-unquote, win in 2020, they're going to do the same thing. And you're already starting to see it, right? Because you're starting to see these top Democrats all getting the new variant at the same time. By the way, why are people still testing if they're not symptomatic? They feel fine. Oh, but still give me a test. Oh, look, this PCR came back positive. So, I mean, come on. And For a virus that has so devolved now, it's basically the common cold. This is not Ebola. This is not the the coronavirus when it first started. This is a much weakened version of it. And like the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, oh, you know, my throat was raspy. So I took a rapid test. That came back negative. So I took a PCR and that came back positive. Big headlines. New York City mayor with COVID. No one cares. No one cares. All of these people, Pelosi, top Democrats now, they're all like getting this new version of it or this this super mild version of it. It's still making headlines when no one cares. But the reason it's making headlines is because they are still trying to keep up the fear factor going into the midterms. They still want people on edge about it. They still want people worried about it. And, of course, they want to leverage it for more mandates, bringing these mandates back. Here is uh, Jen Psaki talking to Dana Perino on Fox News Sunday. She's asked about mask mandates on airlines, and here's what she said. In about eight days, the CDC is supposed to release information um, or or release a decision on whether Americans will continue to have to wear masks on airlines. Does the president have a view? Does he want to see Americans be able to lift those masks off their faces as they try to travel and get back to some normalcy? Well, the president's going to wait and see what the CDC recommends. And as you said, we don't have too much more time to wait for that. So we'll, we'll learn more in the coming days. So Madam Saki says, we're going to have to wait and see. Again, they are teeing this all up. You can see it coming from a mile away. The midterm variant, the excuse to leverage it, to rig the election once again. And, you know, if you notice, in the UK, there's some discussion percolating already about reinstituting indoor mask mandates and, and, and reducing uh, gatherings, the number of people for gatherings. So once again... Once again, they're going to try to take us down this road. And I've got news for them. Not happening. Not happening here in America. Apart from the COVID cultists who want to wear the mask for the rest of their lives, and if they want to do, knock yourself out. Don't care. Don't care. Not worried about it. You want to do it, fine, but don't inflict it on me. Certainly do not inflict it on our children. In New York City, toddlers from the age of two to four, still have to wear a little mask. Even though they're not at the threat, they're not virus vectors. And by the way, again, the virus is a cold at this point. 
and we've got all these medications out there if you want to take them. They are doing everything they can to hold on to this lever of power and control. And COVID was so successful for them uh, with this that, of course, they're going to try to continue it. This brings us to the ultimate power and control monsters, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. So last week on this program, I, I think we were one of the very few and the first on this show to talk about what the CCP was doing in Shanghai. The CCP last week uh, saw an outbreak of, again, this mild cold, and it was running rampant across Shanghai and some other smaller cities. So the CCP decided to shut down Shanghai last week. And again, we talked about it on this show, and I warned you that we needed to be paying close attention to what was going on there because it's going to have ramifications for here. Well, what we have learned over the last week is that these lockdowns are terror lockdowns. There have been some videos that have been uh, basically smuggled out online so that the rest of the world can see what the evil CCP is doing. They have locked down the city of 26 million people. Um, By the way, I was in Shanghai last with Secretary Mnuchin and Ambassador Lighthizer on the final round of talks for the phase one trade deal with China that Trump and Mnuchin and Lighthizer brilliantly negotiated with the Chinese. I was in Shanghai, it was like August of 2019. And so, what, like two months before you had the first um, inklings that there was a new virus that nobody had seen before coming out of the Wuhan area, we were in Shanghai. Shanghai is the most cosmopolitan, dynamic city in China. It's the most sophisticated city in China. And the CCP shut it down last week, 26 million people, told them that they could not leave their apartments They've been in there for over 10 days, by the way, but they could not leave their homes for any reason. Not medical care, not the bank, not the grocery store, nothing. And so obviously, these 26 million plus people are running out of patience and they're running out of food. You're starting to see videos emerge uh, past the CCP censors. And we saw these videos over the weekend people at night opening their windows and screaming into the night, screaming like, like, a, like a, a blind howl, like coyotes who've been wounded in the dark. It is eerie. It is chilling. And then you, we saw another video of uh, drones flying around these apartment buildings at very high heights so that people can hear with official CCP announcements, stay in your homes, stay inside. And then my favorite one, because it's so epically Orwellian, tamp down your desire for freedom. Tamp down your desire for freedom. This is literally 1984. It's literally Big Brother always watching, bullying you into silence. This is Orwell in real life on steroids. Other videos coming out of China show the CCP killing pets, 
by the thousands, if not millions, dogs and cats, people's pets. The streets in Shanghai are becoming killing fields for animals, small little cats and dogs. It is heartbreaking. And then, of course, there was a video of a man screaming at the top of his lungs in desperation about not having any food, not having any money, can't work, can't get to the bank, breaks my heart. And people were trying to tell him, shh, you know, the the CCP is listening, they're going to come get you, shh. But he kept going in his desperation. It reminded me of the soul man who stood up to that tank in Tiananmen Square during those protests, what, in the late 80s, early 90s, that one man who stood up to the Chinese tank. The courage is just unbelievable. This guy was yelling, where is communism now? And you were driving the people to revolt. And and a woman comes rushing out into the garden trying to shush him, but he won't take it. The desperation is beyond belief. What drives people to, to, to say these things in the face of imprisonment or even death? But they're driven to this moment to speak out because they're so desperate. So you've got this absolute abject desperation on the one hand and then on the other, this beautiful bravery. And now there are videos of people committing suicide. They are literally jumping out of these high-rises because they are now forced to face a choice, either starve to death or leap to your death. It reminds me of the stark choice faced by the people trapped in the World Trade Center on 9-11. Some people had the same choice. It was either jump to your death or burn to death. It's the same terror in Shanghai, same terror. The CCP is starving its own people to death over a virus that's now more like a cold. So what are they doing? This is the desperate, but also very deliberate, this is the deliberate starvation of their own people over a cold Remember, this is the same country that did the great leap forward and deliberately starved tens of millions of people in the name of progress. Stalin deliberately starved millions in Ukraine. This is what the communists do. They do it for control. If you thought mass starvation was a 20th century phenomenon and it's over and we could never get there, think again because you're wrong. As long as we have communists in the world, you will have mass starvation and worse. The communists here at home are are warning about food shortages. Wake up! The communists taking this country off a cliff are talking about food shortages here in the U.S., in the supposed land of plenty. This is what they do. The virus is is 
not just a cold for the Chinese Communist Party. It's also something that they created to begin with, that they inflicted on the world, and they do not want anybody to know what they did, what their role was in this whole catastrophe. So everything they've done, everything, including these new terror lockdowns, is the cover-up. That is what is happening here. This, everything that is unfolding in China now that has a ripple effect around the world is the cover-up. And that Chinese gentleman who was screaming, you're driving us to revolt, he might, might be on to something. We saw the beginnings of this with Tiananmen Square. We saw it with the protests recent, in recent years uh, in Hong Kong. People are driven to a wall when they are denied freedom, and they will revolt. I'm not saying it's going to happen in this case. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. The CCP and the People's Liberation Army are very powerful. They could crack down in a second. But it is things like this that end up being a tipping point that people don't see coming down the pike. Tipping point. The CCP maybe is blind to it. They're trying to crack down on it, but something like this can build on itself. Again, I'm not saying this is the tipping point, but watch. Watch China very carefully. People around the world, us thought criminals, we have had enough. We saw the re-election of the unapologetic nationalist Viktor Orban in Hungary. We saw over the weekend the first round in the French presidential election where Marine Le Pen, uh, who has reinvented herself brilliantly over the years, that she now is going to be in a very, very tight runoff with Macron, who's World Economic Forum, he's a Schwabi. People have had enough, not just in the West, but I'm telling you, in China, watch. Watch it. And that's why we need strong, unapologetic, nationalist leaders here in the United States. No more Mitch McConnell's, no more Mitt Romney's, no more Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski's. We are done. We are now in a war both here at home and abroad, and we need real leaders who will meet the moment. When we come back, we're going to talk about free speech, which we also need in order to make this case and win this war. Elon Musk and Twitter. Sit tight. All right. So in this war that we are in for the future of America, and actually it's the future of the free world, because if America goes down, everything goes down. Uh, Free speech is the critical part of this. Look, we were just talking about China and what's going on there. And it's a miracle that we can even see some of these horrific videos coming out of there. The human rights violations going on in China I mean, on all sides, you got the genocide of the Muslim Uyghurs happening in the West. And then in the East, in Shanghai, you've got the city locked down 26 million people. They're killing animals in the streets and they're starving their own people to death over a cold. All part of this massive CCP cover-up of what they did and how they inflicted it on the world. So in order to first of all, not even win this war yet because we're so behind the eight ball. But in order to fight the war, we need free speech. The public squares now are 
social media. Like it or not, that is your public square. Twitter, now we have alternatives. We've got uh, Trump's outlet, Truth Social, and I am on there, at Monica Crowley. Have not spent a lot of time on Truth Social, but I am there. Um, in addition to Twitter, because you still need these platforms to get your message across and, and uh, make sure that the truth is getting out. But the censorship is so out of control that hopefully uh, at some point our, we will build our own infrastructure, as difficult as it is, and we're starting. I'm on Getter as well at Monica Crowley. Um, but the, the big platforms are still so dominant that we do still need access to them. Okay, so now along comes Elon Musk. I have not met Musk. I've met some of the others like Jeff Bezos, uh, Jack Dorsey, and some of the others. I I don't know them. I've just met them briefly in passing, but I've not met Musk. Musk is a really interesting cat. So interesting, right? He's more like a libertarian. And by the way, people, oh, Musk 2024. Well, he was born abroad, I think South Africa, so he's ineligible. He's like Schwarzenegger. Can't run for president. But Musk built his fortune in the United States, and he is now the richest man in the world, richest person in the world, I should say. And he just surpassed Jeff Bezos. So Musk, Musk cannot be ignored Musk is the richest person in the world, and so therefore people have to pay attention to him because he's got the currency, literally has the currency, both both financial currency as well as uh, political and cultural clout. So he cannot be ignored. And he's been watching what's going down with Twitter. And so as we know, last week, he came in and plunked down almost $3 billion for a 9.2% stake in Twitter, immediately became the biggest shareholder of Twitter. So during last week, um, the, all of this news is coming out about Musk, and he's taking to Twitter to troll Twitter. And he puts up these, he puts up these polls, and I voted in, in a lot of them, actually. But he puts up these Twitter polls, and one of them, I burst out laughing. Yesterday, he puts up, should, should Twitter drop the W? Just going to leave it there. And his two options to vote were yes and of course. <laughs> so the guy has a tremendous sense of humor, and he's trolling Twitter all over the place, which is fantastic. This is freaking amazing that he does this. Because remember the rule of Saul Alinsky humiliation, mocking and humiliation. The left does it to us all day long. They control all the comedy shows, Jimmy Kimmel, whatever, Jimmy Fallon, I don't know. But they constantly are mocking our side, making fun, right? Because it's so crippling. You can't really come back from that kind of mockery. The left has known this for decades. Well, Musk is turning the tables and doing it to them. And it is freaking delicious, Love watching it. But over the last couple of days, you know, after the announcement that Musk was going to be on the Twitter board, they sat him down and they were like, I, I think they told him two things. One, he would have to play nice. No tweeting insults about the company or polls about turning Twitter San Francisco headquarters into a homeless shelter, which he did. I think I voted yes on that. Oh, and on that one, 
Jeff Bezos, now the second wealthiest person in the world, Bezos chimed in and he tweeted at Musk. He said, um, or, or do a portion of the headquarters and turn a portion of it into a homeless shelter so that um, Twitter employees can just go from their desk if they want to volunteer at the shelter. It's right there. <laughs> so Bezos is chiming in, telling him to do it. And Musk replies to Bezos, great idea. So I think the Twitter board sat him down and said, okay, you're going to be on the board no more doing this. And two, you can't acquire more than 14.9% of the company if you sit on the board. So late last night, Twitter announced Musk is taking a powder. Musk not going to sit on the board. And Musk, I think, realized that, first of all, being on the board was a way to restrict him, and he wanted a free hand. So he said, screw it. I'm going my own way. I'm not going to be on the board. Now, some people and some people on our side have seen them tweeting about this, and they're like, "Well, how did he not know?" And I have a good friend who we were talking about this. You know, did Elon get get duped here? Did he get sucked in? And uh, my friend said, "You know, I, he's been he's been wrong on a couple of like big corporate governance issues over the years." And I said, "Well, doesn't he have a fleet of lawyers and advisors? Of course he does. Of course." So how did he not know that he'd be so restricted on the board? Well, I think this this man is not the richest person in the world because he's a big dope. I think he did, and he's playing with them. So delicious. So my message to Elon Musk is, please do not let us down. And guys, I see some people on our side like, oh, why are we trying to make this oligarch into our savior? He's still an oligarch. It's not about having an oligarch savior, okay? It's about having someone on the side of free speech with the ultimate leverage because he's the richest person in the world. They don't care about you and me. They won't listen to us, but they have to listen to him. Twitter banned my friend Juanita Broderick, who credibly accused Bill Clinton of rape. We all know Juanita. They suspended her for some ridiculous reason over a tweet. I tried to get free Juanita trending today on Twitter. It's not too late. Free Juanita. But this kind of thing is exactly what we're talking about. And look, God uses all kinds of imperfect people for his ways, right? And maybe Elon is exactly the imperfect person that we need to help restore free speech in America. We shall see. But I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic because I'm a happy warrior. All right, when we come back, we're going to hit your emails. All right, guys, I'm getting a ton of your emails, and I so appreciate it. I'm really grateful. Keep them coming because right now we're going to read some of yours on the air as we try to do at the end of each show. The email address is Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Let's start with Jane. Jane writes, I have always thought you were the best commentator on the radio and now in the podcast world. 
Well, thank you, Jane. I appreciate that. She says, the minute I saw how we left Afghanistan, I knew Obama was still the president. There needs to be an entirely new justice system in this country because the FBI, CIA, and the rest was corrupted by the Clintons. You know, that's a really interesting point. If you trace modern corruption, a lot of people actually do do what Jane is saying, and they do uh, tag it to the Clinton years and how those institutions started to get really politicized. Maybe it began before that. Maybe it certainly has accelerated since then. So Jane, that's a great point. Jane says the focus needs to be on FBI corruption, CIA corruption, 1,000%. Jane, I, I agree with you. And Jane says, all the best to you, and I'm now a regular listener to your podcast. You are an original thinker. Ah, that means so much to me. Thank you so much. Let's say hi to Nick here via email. He says, here's a theory of what the Democrats are planning for the midterm. Within the next three months, Joe will have a stroke or something, forcing him to resign and then having the first female president. Don't forget, Nick, female president of color. Therefore, the Democrats can run away from him and try to play on a sympathy vote to support Kamala. Well, Nick, you know, I know a lot of people have a lot of theories. We talked a little bit about this last week. I do think that they are now moving to remove Biden, which is why you're seeing all this Hunter Biden corruption and Joe Biden corruption coming forward. I think you're seeing that a lot now because they want the reason to take him out. When they're going to do that, my view is that they're going to bump up Kamala. Other people think she is so bad that they want to take them both out. I think that is going to be a very difficult road. Um, I'm not sure that they can do, that they can remove both the president and the vice president. But either way, Nick, um, if they're going to take Biden out of the top spot, they've got to do it in the next couple of months, certainly by the end of the year, because Whoever they're going to make the number two, whether it's Hillary, Michelle Obama, who knows, they've got to have that person confirmed by the Senate. And so if they're going to go down this road, they've got to do it while Democrats still control the Senate. And, uh, and, you know, it's a 50-50 split now. And if we take control of the Senate starting in early January... Um, they're, they're not going to have a vice president. They won't get anybody through because, of course, they want a radical or they want someone who can win the presidency on their own. So if they're going to go down this road, uh, they've got to do it now in the next couple of months. So maybe, Nick, maybe you're on to it. Um, John sent me a link to something I've not yet read about Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. Does he have a mole in the post-2016 GOP. John, I'm going to read it, and then we'll discuss on the air. And John writes, Schwabies! So I'm glad my, my tag phrase, Schwabies, is taken, out, is taken off. Uh, also, let's see someone... Oh, Carol from Nebraska. Carol writes, Monica, how do we get Mitch McConnell out of there? He's 80 years old and impotent. Well, we just did a whole spiel on Mitch McConnell. Carol, very powerful guy. He's been in the Senate a long time. Recently reelected, I think two years ago, right? Uh, so he has some time to go, but we are now on a warpath of our own, not just against the Democrat communists, not just against the Schwabies, but against the enemy in our own party. 
And yes, it includes leaders who are past their prime, who do not have our or America's interests at the top of their priority list. Carol, thank you so much. All right, that'll do it for the mailbag for today, but keep the emails coming in, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com, and I will see you on Wednesday. Have a great start to your week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.